0: again and welcome to Mommy's Happy Hour. I'm Hibashampo. As you might have already heard me say, motherhood is one of the most challenging things I've done to date. After a long struggle with infertility, I had my twins at the age of 41. So here we are, 3 years later, and I'm curious to figure out what advice and theories have worked for mothers, catch up with them, and occasionally vent about the things we deal with daily. You can connect with me on Instagram at mommies.happyhour. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to today's episode, please share the show with them. I'd really appreciate it. But more importantly, I think they would love it. Today, my guest offers so much great insight on how to best approach our little ones in all sorts of situations that all mothers experience, or at least most mothers experience. My guest today is Maddalena Milani, or Maddie. She's half American, half Italian, a mom, of course, and has been living in Egypt for the past 15 years. After the birth of her first child six years ago, during her maternity leave, she came to the realization of just how overwhelming motherhood is. Yes, my sentiments exactly. The magnitude of motherhood prompted her to explore the concepts of positive parenting, and she's now a certified positive parenting educator. What is that you say? Well, listen on and you'll find out. Personally, I think I found my new best friend who will be my number one on speed dial. Okay, yes, there's no such thing as speed dial nowadays, but you get the idea. Obviously, I had a ton of questions for her. And yes, that includes an update on the ongoing potty training saga in my motherhood journey. You say that a lot of people are struggling with motherhood. I feel like it's true but I feel like I didn't foresee what how difficult it was going to be. But at the same time, do you think it's an issue also, I mean, since you deal with a lot of parents, do you think it's a lot of an, is- an issue of our generation as opposed to the earlier generations? Or is it that we're more outspoken? Do we have much more on our plate that we try to do a million things? Because I don't remember, and I'm sure you the same way. I don't remember my parents complaining about us. Okay, they neglected us. And I'm, I'm slightly complex about certain things we've done. But I don't remember them being like, oh my God, this is such a hardship. You guys are killing us.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, honestly, I think it's a mixture of everything. And I think a big part of it, like you said, is the generational difference. And that exactly what you said is we have so much more on our plate. We have so much more that we can reach, that we can do, that we're supposed to be doing, Um, you know, I think social media is a huge part of it. We have so much showing us what we should be doing. We have so many, you know, Instagram accounts and and, and these perfect moms out there. And and even, you know, the educators and the people who do what I do, it puts a lot of pressure to be constantly seeing these posts about how you should be parenting. Um, So we're exposed to a lot more. We're supposed to be doing a lot more. Um, I think things were so much more slow paced back then and for our parents. I think also um, we're becoming a lot more individualistic. Mm -hmm. I think before there was just a lot more community and family and being around a lot of family. And so I just I think in so many ways we don't have the same kind of village that our parents used to have or the past generations had even. Um, and we're expected to do so much more and to be working and to get out there.
0: And- Before it was just about the unity and your parents and you as kids. And it was, it was just that now it's like, we want to, we have our own work and we have our own friends and we want to do the self-care thing and we need to take care of ourselves and we want to travel and we want to work out and we want to do, and, and yeah, and the pressure of, so, from social media and there are so many people, it's not like there are like a hundred people that are doing it great. It's like there are thousands of women, millions of women that seem to be all, that all have their shit together. And it, they look
1: absolutely amazing doing it too. And I don't think a single one of those people have it together, to be honest. You know, I think, I hope not. you know, no, nobody does. And that's why, you know, on my Instagram account, I always try to kind of show that side of, you know, I'm overwhelmed too. I'm, this is my, my job. And still, you know, I have really bad days and I lose it with my kids and I'm overwhelmed. And I don't think that there is, a mother or a father out there who is not overwhelmed, you know, and that's why it's important to raise awareness about that and to empower parents with, with knowledge as much as we can, you know, Um, just to be able to filter through everything's out there, everything that is out there. And that's what I love about positive discipline is that at the end of the day, it really kind of boils everything down to just, you know, having a healthy relationship with your kids where you feel good and they feel good. I mean, if you could sum up positive discipline, that's basically what it is, really.
0: How did you get into it? Did you study it or how did you do it? And you said it was when you had your first
1: child. So this was what, like,
0: uh,
1: how many years ago? So he's six. So when, by the time, so when that started, I went from kind of, you know, before I was working with the, the children and then I started working with the parents instead and started seeing how that's, you know, just such an important side of, you know, helping kids and, and helping moms. And so kind of went to the other side of it. And I went into, uh, yeah, so positive discipline and became a uh, positive discipline educator uh, from the Positive Discipline Association and just really got into it from that and got into coaching. And I started doing a lot of workshops, um, which is really interesting work to do. And then obviously, kind of with COVID, that slowed down. Uh, So started focusing a lot more on the one-on-one with moms and realizing that uh, it was kind of what they need even after the workshops. A lot of moms were coming up and wanting that one-on-one um chance to talk things through.
0: Do you do the positive is it positive discipline? When does it start for you? Like is it when they become toddlers
1: or is it before then you can do the positive disciplining? When does it actually start? It's really from the beginning because it's so much more about your mindsets and your understanding of what your child is going through and what your goals are. So it's really something that starts from the beginning. Um, You start to apply the positive discipline more I mean, I would say starting even one um, because it really is more in your, your energy. It's about, um, you know, instead of, for example, telling a child, no, 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 all the time. It's distracting them instead, for example. So it really does start at an early age. And a lot of times I've found that even when your child doesn't understand you and doesn't have the wiring yet to understand it, it still helps so much when you know what approach you want to take. And you're saying things, um, you know, I remember with my son, telling him, uh, you know, uh, you have to have respect for your toys way before he could understand what that meant. But it was just so much easier for me to go into that situation calmly um, rather than trying to struggle for the words or trying to explain it at his level. And and that was something that then he grew up with. Once he could understand it, he'd been hearing it since he was one, you know. Yeah. Um, so it does really start early on. So
0: basically you, what you do is you help parents kind of get this whole parenthood and motherhood thing wrapped around their head and like kind of know what they, how they want to, like, is it, is it a, like a long-term thing? What they want to achieve with their children? Is it their own energy that, that they want to kind of, I mean, just give me like a little bit more of a, like, let's say I come to you and I say, you know what, can I come to you and tell you I'm absolutely overwhelmed. I'm depressed. I want to kill myself and I want to kill my kids. Is that like something you would help? So you would help (laughs) my mindset and be able to handle children better so that it makes my life easier and
1: the whole raising those kids easier. Is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. And, you know, when we change our approach to how we parent, it starts to, like you're saying, you know, it really has an effect on them and how they answer you. And it changes the tone in your home so that you're feeling more relaxed. You're understanding your child better. Um, I do a lot about uh, understanding the brain and what is actually going on in your child's head. And there is actually a lot of scientific basis behind positive discipline. There is scientifically, we know what happens in the brain. Um, And so just to kind of give you a little explanation of what positive discipline is so that maybe that helps things as well. I'm going to ask for actually specific examples, but go ahead, you. Okay, so just to understand kind of what we're talking about here, um, you know, if you can really kind of boil positive discipline down, what it is, is it is the belief that for a child to, to thrive, they need to have firm boundaries and they need to have consequences and they need to have consistency, but that these consequences are given in a way that is respectful to the child and to yourself. And it's all done through connection. So the more you cannot discipline a child if they don't feel like they're being connected to. It. So when we go through coaching, for example, a really big part of what we do in the beginning is focus on your connection and how are you connecting with your child and how are you making them feel understood and validated. Um, and there's, you know, there's two parts of that. There's the how do we connect with them on an everyday basis and how do we connect when we discipline? And so it's really about changing our language to not making it me against you anymore, but we are on the same side and we have these long-term values that we want you to learn. And so everything we do is towards that. So it changes you know, we, how we see punishment, for example. It's not about making a child suffer for their action. It's about helping them to learn the consequences. You're not the bad guy anymore. You, know, you're, you set up rules and boundaries together and then you enforce those consistency, but with respect for the child. So instead of, you know, if there's shoes laid out on the floor, instead of, you know, God, why are you always so messy? Why don't you ever listen to me? Nobody cares about me. I'm storming off. It's, you know, Adam, your shoes are on the floor. What do you do when your shoes are on the floor? And that totally changes the dynamic of what's going on there. And then as a coach, then we kind of go through all of those steps and give you the tools and look at your specific situations to see how we can change what's going on and see what's, what needs to be worked on and work on it together. And sometimes, you know, you go back and you say, look, I tried this, doesn't work. Um, and then we try a different strategy because the books are all amazing. And you read them and they say, well, that sounds great. I can do that. And then you go to apply it and it's very different. It's really difficult to do because we know, right? You know that the best way to parent is with calmness and kindness. But in the moment, it's really hard to do that. So there's a lot of kind of strategies that you can do to get there. And the main thing is that, is that connection, you know, and having that connection makes an enormous difference on your relationship. And it's where we always start.
0: Okay. Let me give you like a live example. I'd like to ask you about, and yeah, how would I connect? Because I find with me a little, the lines are blurred between setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and being a pushover. So my son is very strong headed. And for example, he wants to wear what he wants to wear. It started about probably when he was like two and a half, he's now a little bit more than three. And I was like, okay, this is cute. I I want him to like have his own say in what he wants to wear. I don't know what. Then recently in the past two, three months, it's become like a full on tantrum every day when he wants to wear, when, when I want him to wear something, I mean, he has no disregard, obviously, for the weather outside, obviously. So if it's cold, he doesn't want to wear his jacket. He wants to wear a T-shirt. He wants to wear two of these outfits on repeat. And so all the clothes I've bought are just like chucked. And like, basically, they're not being used. Mm -hmm. And he looks like a, you know, like a little, like, you know, like a vagabond. He's like wearing all these things that are like, just like, and at at one point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of, let go with it because I want to just have him, you know, do what he wants to do and what, what have him make choices, his own choices. But then it became like an issue of a tantrum. Every morning there's a tantrum and every morning there's like, if it's not this one, then he's, then if it's, if it's not there, then he doesn't want to go to school and he doesn't want to go out and he doesn't want to do anything. So this, at this point, after a while of this happening, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be very firm with him. I'm going to tell him. So there was what he wanted to wear. wasn't there. So I told him you're going to wear this. And you're just, and I don't want to hear a peep and I don't want to hear I I don't want to see tears. I don't want, I don't want any reaction. So he's looking at me at like this and because I was firm, but I wasn't like, I wasn't very aggressive, but I was firm. He was like, he could tell like I meant business. So he was like, you know, like stifling these tears and like this, like, like crying out. So he wore it and it was fine. And it became much better, but he still has that tendency. Like if I'm a little bit lax with him and I let him choose one day to what, to what to wear, then it becomes like, it's like, basically I give him an inch. He takes a mile. And I'm like, yeah. how is that? Like today we had this whole thing again, like this whole tantrum about me telling him I want him to wear this. And he just, you know, he doesn't want to wear it. And I, and I don't understand obviously cause he's three. I'm like, why don't you want to wear those shorts and this cute t-shirt? No. He just wants to wear the Batman T-shirt with his, like, little sweatpants. And I don't know, it just becomes difficult.
1: So in that kind of sense, what do you do? Okay, excellent. Uh, okay, so you raise a lot of really good points. And, and this is the main thing. And what you're talking about, again, goes into consistency. Because it's really hard for a child when some days something is okay, and some days it's not. And some days we have a rule, and some days it's not. So the most important thing for parents is kind of sit with yourself and decide what are the battles that you want to fight (laughs) and, and what are the boundaries that you want to set and stick to them, you know? And if you want to say, you know what, let's just let this battle go and wear his Batman t-shirt whenever he wants to wear his Batman t-shirt and he's going to grow out of this. It's going to reduce the battles a lot. And if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. If you want to say, you know what, this isn't okay with me, I'm not comfortable with it, then that needs to be a boundary that you set and stick to consistently. If you want to have an exception, then you can have, for example, um, like a day of the week where, okay, on this day, it's free day and you choose whatever you want. And every week it's the same thing. Because what makes them act out so much is when they don't know where the boundaries are. When they don't know if maybe today is the day that I could push her enough and she's going to break. And that's why it's really important That we don't, you know, if a child is saying, if you say no, you stick to that no. You can't say no. And then after pleading and begging and mommy, please, 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 and breakdowns and tantrums, then you give in. Then all that child is learning is that every time I have a huge tantrum, she's eventually, there's a chance that she's going to go in, give in. So I'm going to take that chance, right? So that's why the consistency is so important. They need to know what to expect. They need to know what the boundaries are. And if you're going to have exceptions to really have that something that they know, so they know on the weekends, you can wear whatever you want. When you come from home from school, you can wear a tutu from head on your head if you want to, but they know what to expect. And they know that when you say no, it means no. And you say no in a way that is connecting. How do I connect when I say no? What the formula usually is, is kind of, when you're saying no, you're acknowledging and putting into words how they feel, especially at such a an, an young age where they're still learning to express themselves and what their feelings are. Um, so it's just acknowledging it in the same way that, you know, if you've had a really bad day at work and you come home and you're talking to your partner about it, um, you know, and you're just going off and you're saying you had a horrible day. And if your partner says, uh, you know, well, that's not that bad. You know, why don't you, see what the problem is? why don't you just talk to your boss? You can fix that. That's not a big deal. Exactly. You so see your face. That's, I know that. Whereas if they say, you know, that sounds, sounds like you had a really bad day. That sounds really difficult. I'm really sorry. Then you instantly kind of, and then you're willing to listen to advice. And it's the same thing with the child when they feel like, okay, she understands me. She gets me. It really calms you down. And when we're talking about the brain that actually works in the brain It actually putting things into word, it actually calms down in your brain and allows you to kind of elevate that logical side. So it really is just kind of, I know you just love that Batman t-shirt and you wish you could wear that every single day. And it's really frustrating to not have your way sometimes. Today we have to wear these and you can give them a choice. You can say, you know, a limited choice at that age. You can say you can wear the blue t-shirt or the red t-shirt. And that's why it really helps to talk, talk things through, even at a young age as like three you can already talk to them about, okay, on Friday, on the weekend, you can choose what you want to wear and on and day of the week, for example, and you can have a little chart that shows the days that he gets to pick so that then you don't have to argue it. You can say, what day is today? Is today a day of, for Batman or is today a day for, for the ones that mommy picks, right? So you're acknowledging how they feel. You're giving them a limited option and you're setting a boundary and, and you're connecting with them through that. Because our job isn't to always give our child what they need. Our job is to help them through the emotions of not getting what they need all the time and making them understand what the boundaries are. But they have to be consistent.
0: That's a good point because I always feel like, to me, I want to raise my children to be not self-entitled. I want them to understand not to make their own choices, but there's going to be times where they cannot get what they want. It's gonna, it's part of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want yeah. them... To, I want them... I mean, you, it's exactly right. And I don't want them to have their emotions get in the way all the time and that they can't process those emotions. Okay. So I need to set stronger boundaries basically.
1: Yes. That's what the the formula is. It's you, you have to have boundaries and rules that are set beforehand that everybody in the house knows what those rules are. You sit down, you talk about it with them, you set consequences, and then you enforce those in a way where you acknowledge their feelings, you connect with them, you give them, you allow them to express their feelings. You know, as parents, a lot of times, we just want to fix, we just want them to be okay. So when they're feeling upset, we want to fix the problem. But a lot of times, it's that's not what it is. It's not our job to, to fix the problem. It's our job to help them learn how to get through those emotions. And you do that by, by having an environment at home where all emotions are welcome, all feelings are welcome. What you do with those is where there's boundaries. So you can't, you can be angry, but you can't hit. This is what you can do instead. So for example, if you have a child who hits, uh, who's who's hitting or, you know, that's crossing a boundary and that's a rule that you have in your home. And when they are, you're acknowledging and you see you're really angry right now. It is not okay to hit. What is our rule about hitting? You, if you're angry at your sister, you can tell her, you know, Leila, I don't like it when you do X, but you can't hit. If you hit, then we have to stop playing. And then you stop the game or whatever the consequence was that you you set it up. Um, So you have this formula and this is how you are going to approach all situations. And you have to have those those firm boundaries and you have to be consistent. Your child needs you to be consistent. They need to know what your reaction is going to be or they're going to constantly be testing it. a bit of
0: a challenge in Egypt that I'm sure you're aware of everybody's in your business here you have the nanny you have the husband you have the mother-in-law you have the mother you have the sisters and a lot of the times they're not aligned with you and this is where sometimes my biggest problem is like if he's having a full-on tantrum I get the and it drives me bonkers I get the look of like poor child. Maybe I'm, maybe it's in my head, but my husband's will will sometimes tell me, "Eh, it's not worth it. Just let him wear the Batman t-shirt. And no, and I don't like that. If I'm setting something and and saying something to him, don't anybody interfere. So that, by the way, is what gets me really fucking angry. I must admit, not my child actually is the people interfering. That drives me bonkers because I'm like, don't interfere when I'm talking to my child. And then it makes it because I, I get really upset at that point. It's like everybody else thinks like, I'm going to, I'm really upset with my son, which is, I'm not, that's not the case. I'm upset with them for not, for interfering and going against me. So do you have any
1: advice for that? Okay. So this is something that, uh, working in Egypt, I would say almost a hundred percent of the my clients have had this problem. (laughs) And especially because we're in a community where, you know, you really are, you oftentimes you live with your in-laws and it's really hard to get everybody on board and you're not going to get everybody on board. Um, And so my advice in that situation is that the most important person to have on board with you is your partner because you parent together and it is almost impossible to do when you say something and then they, you know, if, if you're setting a boundary and then they know that they go to their, their father and they're going to break that boundary, then that's not going to work. So that's the most important person to focus on getting on board with you. Besides that it is out of your control. And there are very few grandparents who are actually willing to sit down when you talk to them about this and say, you know what? Okay. I'm going to be on board with you and support you on this. If you have that situation, great but I haven't come across it yet. And, you know, it's out of love. And, you know, I completely understand where it's coming from, but as parents, it's frustrating. So the main thing that you can do is just be confident in yourself. What other people say doesn't matter. Um, The, as long as, and so the more, you know, I think it becomes more of a problem when you're unsure of yourself. And it's one of the things I remember with my son, just even like in the newborn phase, I didn't know what I was doing. So everybody's advice was overwhelming to me. Like, oh, well, I don't know. Should I be doing that? Should I be giving him so? Should I, be? I I don't know. My daughter, I knew what I was doing. So t- people would say things that i go, okay, you know, or whatever it is, or just, you know, and I just wouldn't care because I knew what I was doing. And it's the same with parenting. When you really know that what you're doing is working, it doesn't affect you as much. And then eventually they see it working. So yeah. they start to change as well. Um, but, and also, you know, when, if, if a grandparents or someone outside of the family is always kind of breaking the rules and breaking the consistency and uh, letting them have the chocolate you said they couldn't have that's out of your control but what matters is that when you are at home they know the consistency they know the boundaries they know how things work so that you know you can't control what happens outside the house but you can control what happens inside the house and that's the most important thing to focus on is just you empowering yourself believing in what you're doing and at home having, you know, having guidelines and having a system that works so that when you go outside, it's going to be messy and and that's okay. But what matters is that they know how things work at home. You know, I would say that that's the main thing. And it is a really tricky situation. I completely understand that. And I've dealt with that as well. So I know.
0: (laughs) So actually on that note too, there's another thing that I have a bit of an issue with is like, I want I don't want to give my kids too many things. I don't want them to become these kids that just want material things. Like I want this, I want that. My son actually gets his way a lot of the times with people, like he'll go to people's houses and he gets these little cards and things like that. For me, that's a little bit okay. But I find, I find it when, you know, like when people come in with like all these gifts all the time, or for the birthday, they got like these like gifts that I feel like just really inappropriate. And just, I mean, how do you communicate that or do I, and how do I, at this young of an age, how do I communicate to my kids that these are, I mean, they don't, they don't value these toys that much. I mean, they're going to toss them after a while. It's not like they're like, you know, taking care of it and like, they love it. They like it, but you know, the, the, the novelty wears off and, and they get bored with it. So I don't see, I guess this is another issue about the in-laws and the, and the family, like kind of getting them things that, that they don't really need to get them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I don't know. I never know what to tell people. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I also don't want them to just be getting all these gifts all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and again, this goes back to the same concept of you can't really, you can't control everything that goes on out there, but you can control how it's dealt with at home. Um, and absolutely, research has shown that, uh, that it is a lot better for children to have limited toys than a whole bunch of them. And ways that you can control that at home is even just as simple as kind of the way that you store toys. So if you have a lot, you can, for example, keep, so it's, it's uh, you can rotate toys. So you can have a lot of them kind of in a closet stored somewhere and have the ones that are accessible to them limited, and then you rotate them. So every once in a while you switch them out and then you bring the, the other toys out to them. So that the ones that they're constantly seeing are actually limited because they will engage with toys and Um, like them a lot more and they'll do a lot better with playing when it's a small amount of toys. So that's one way to do it is to rotate them. Um, You know, when you, when they're older, you know, it is something you can talk to them about Uh, you can talk to them and it can be about also giving. So um, you know, if it's, if we're receiving like on a birthday, for example, if we're receiving a lot of toys and we have to go through and choose some toys of our old toys to give away, because there's people in need who don't have this. And we're so blessed to have this and we don't play and let them choose the ones that they want to give away. So again, it's about controlling what goes on in the house and how you talk about it with them at home. And it's not something that they should be punished for or suffer for. Uh, You know, a lot of times we're frustrated at that. So then we get frustrated at them and you guys don't appreciate your toys and you're not even playing with them. And it's not their fault. It's a natural reaction to have. So we are the adult and we control the environment and we, and You know, if they've gotten too many gifts for a birthday, we can, you know, have them unwrap some of them, have them unwrap them throughout, you know, throughout the weeks. Um, It's just things that are in our control instead of letting that out on them.
0: Yeah, that's a good one about like giving away some of their toys as a replacement to the new toys that are coming in. Yeah, I don't know just if they would get that concept, but maybe at this age, at three,
1: would they? It's still, it's a bit early. Um, but you can start talking about it. You know, you can start talking about, um, just people that have less and how you should be grateful. And we have so much, and we should be grateful for that and talk about, you know, the, how important it is to, to give to others. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of conversations you can have to start that mentality now. Um, and you'd be surprised sometimes, um, they're very quick to, to jump on it. And if you say, you know, what could we do? What is something that we could do to help some people? Some, there's some little boys that do, Girls that have no toys at all. What could we do? And let them come up with ideas. Let them come up with silly ideas. But let them be a co- part of the conversation. You know. And so you. And that's again. You know. You start these things really young, before they're able to come in, fully grasp things. So that it's really just a part of who they are. You know.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's that's great advice. Like I think this is a topic that every everybody talks about all the time. I mean, it's in my life every day. Potty training. Okay. I didn't want to force them to do it. Like they don't, I mean, my son has been ready for like over six months, probably like since he was two and a half, Mm -hmm. but he keeps on hiding and right. And like the minute I take off his nappy, he's like hiding. And, you know, so I just don't have the time because I work. So I don't have the time to dedicate like three or four. I don't know how in books it says three days. I doubt it's three days, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Um, Now I've been doing it with him because he seems to be pretty aware now. So now he's been peeing in the potty. Okay. The pooping is like, it's like he curls up and I find, I'm like looking for him and I don't find him. And it's like, he's behind a sofa and I don't want to get, my mother wants, like, that's the one thing. My mother doesn't, you know, she, you know, how grandparents are super lenient, but about this, she thinks I like smack him and like, and like put him in the in the, in the the room and, and shame him. And I was like, no, no, the one thing I'm not gonna do is shaming him. That's like yes. the one thing I don't want my kids to be, I don't want them to be exposed to that at all. I find that horrific. I hate that. So I don't know how to do it and force him because it's like, I feel like if I'm forcing him to make, to poop on the potty, I mean, I just don't know how to, I just don't know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think, you, you know, you have great instincts and, Your instincts are telling you the the right thing. And I think parents should always trust their instincts when it comes to these things. And absolutely, um, shaming or getting them in trouble has really reverse effects on a child. And the best thing you can do is really allow them to to do it at their own time and to not make it something big and stressful. And I think, you know, the problem, it's potty training for some reason is something that parents always really rush into. And it's like this kind of milestone that you have to have and you have to reach. And so... You know, you, you have to do it. And so they end up doing it before the child is ready. And then mainly they have so much stress and anger about it that it really delays their process in doing it. And actually, especially with, with, with pooping, it is something that, you know, with, with, when it's, the peeing usually comes a lot faster and it's a lot easier for them to do. But pooping is something they have more control over. And it is something that is quite psychological and they can keep it in and they will keep it in if there's all that emotion about it. Yeah. Um, so it's just important to just relax and he's not going to be 18 and booping behind the couch, <laughs> you know, he's,
0: he's going to get there. That's what i tell my mother. And she's like, yeah, well, at the rate you're going, you never know. So
1: no, but really it's, it's, it's really about, um, allowing them to do it on their own time, just being super positive, you know, in, in discipline praise works a thousand times better than punishment or criticism does. You know praising an action that's done well has so much more of an effect, so anytime that he does do it to really just praise and give attention and getting really excited when he makes pe when he does go and um, you know do when, whenever you're ready and just making it something positive and, and exciting and it, you know it's just taking away that stress and that negativity and uh, you know i really I learned that with with my son as well um, I rushed into it with him and uh, I just I felt like. It was time and he wasn't ready and I was really stressing out about it and he wasn't hating it when I put it on him. So I just said, this is, this is not okay. This is not healthy. And I just completely let it go. And I said, you know, we're going to try again after the end of the summer. And I completely forgot about it. And he one day came up to me and said, I have to go to the toilet. And that was that. And that was how we did it from then on. And he started a lot later than other kids, but we didn't go through the whole thing because he did it when he was ready. Um, so, and that really shows a lot about, you know, when they're ready and just being positive about it and not having the stress, um, you know, and it's just in general with parenting. And it's important thing to remember is that so many times it's just about breathe and relax and connect and praise as much as possible. So if there's a behavior, um, like with sharing, for example, if they're not sharing well, um, it's so much more efficient to really praise every time they are sharing and, Making, you know, connecting and giving positive attention for that rather than pointing out and criticizing all of the times that they don't. Yeah. Um, I, and I, even, I, you know, you can, can see. Yeah, I yeah. try to do that. I don't say, like,
0: uh, there's a lot of, because I grew up with a lot of that. Why aren't you sharing like your sister? Why aren't you doing <laughs> this like your sister? I hated that. So I would yeah. know, like, now everybody would be like, oh no, but your daughter is more difficult than your son, or your son is more difficult. I'm like, no, no they're different people. Yeah. One is yeah. not difficult, they're both not difficult. They both have their own thing, they what they like and what they don't like. So don't I I I'm actually quite I'm I put boundaries
1: with other people about this when they tell me <laughs> I, like okay. I hate that. Yeah. I do not like that at all. And yes, and it is important. Comparison um, is definitely something we should try to go away from. It's uh, just like you said, I mean, we feel horrible when we do that. I mean, imagine if someone said that to you now, look how well your friend could cook. Why don't you cook like that? Why don't you serve other... I mean, we don't do that to adults, yes. you know, because it's it makes you feel horrible. And I think that so many times with parenting, you know, just think, how would I feel in this situation? And it's really damaging to do that. And And so, again, it's just really focusing on when they are doing something well to give very... Specific praise, so not just kind of oh good job, but um, you know just being specific as to what they're doing and giving a lot of praise for things and avoid comparison as much as possible. That never makes anyone feel good and never achieves the the result that you want. You yeah. know, so that is something really so good for you for standing up to them.
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Uh, any advice, any, any books you think are good for par- any parents to read? Yes.
1: There are amazing books out there. <laughs> um, so one, so some of my favorite ones is the uh, How to Talk So Your, Ch- Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Fantastic book. Very easy read. Uh, it has little comics. There's also uh, The Whole Brain Child and the No Drama Discipline. Okay. I have that one, but I've never read it. Yes. That one is phenomenal and uh, again when I was talking about the brain and stuff there's it's all about that and kind of how your child mind works and it just really helps you put things into perspective I think they're all very kind of fast easy reads um and definitely and then there's the the positive discipline one as well okay uh, by Jane Lynch and that's uh Jane Nelson and that's uh an amazing read as well it's a bit heavier of a read I think the other ones go faster but those are all just amazing books to have in your repertoire that's great and how about um, you
0: personally? Let, I wanted to ask you personally, what is your biggest insecurity about motherhood?
1: So many. I mean, we, I think we all have so many. Um, I think my biggest insecurity um, is being in my field makes it so much harder because you have so much pressure on yourself. So it's like anytime he does something wrong, you know, you feel like, well, my child shouldn't be doing this. And it puts so much pressure on both of you because you're going to make mistakes and it's never going to be perfect. And there, your child is always going to have bad days and you're going to have bad days. And, you know, so I think that's, that's a big thing. And I, so I feel like sometimes I put almost too much pressure on him to, to or both of them actually, because my daughter's two. So um, there's, you know, it's she's still kind of in that free zone of toddlerhood and mayhem. <laughs> But, you know, so I think it does. I think it puts and then so my insecurity is just kind of not wanting to put too much pressure on him for things that it's just really normal for him to have bad days or hard times. And he's an amazing kid, Um, you know, and I think also, uh, especially during these times, parents are so burnt out. And so parenting from a place of burnout is really hard. And when you know all of the information and you know how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to do. And then you're too tired to do it. It's, it's, it's really hard and you have so much mom guilt um, and letting go of that. And that kind of perfectionism, I think is a big point of that, you know? Yeah. Um, I, perfectionism is a, is a strong one in our generation. I find. Absolutely. And again, I think that goes a lot back to social media and everything we see out there. And we think that we need to be all of these things and, and we have, you know, so much research at, at our fingertips. And so we read all of these articles about how detrimental it is if, you know, there's one that says, do this. And then the other one says, no, don't do that. It'll mess up your kid forever. And, you know, right. at the end of the day, it's just really about showing up and connecting and making your kids feel that they're loved and understood. And you're here to guide them through whatever challenges they have. That's really the basis of, of all of it, you know? And when you read the positive discipline stuff, and you see a parenting, co- you know, they, they give you a lot of tips on just how to connect with your child and how how you can change your language so that you're speaking in a place of from, from calm and, and connection, as opposed to criticism and judgment. There's so many small ways that we don't realize that we're putting in attacks with our kids and, and judgments and, you know, making them feel smaller instead of building them up and kind of really having your goals in mind of, you know, who, who is the child that I want to raise? What do I want them to look like? And if I can, you know, what do I want my child to say me looking back on who I was as a parent, when when they were grown and old, how do I want them to see me as a parent? And then just kind of building our lives towards that and trying to set those goals for ourselves, you know, and finding moments to connect with them and engage with them and, in a non judgmental way.
0: Exactly. I think that for me is the biggest thing is I want to be able to connect with my kids in a non-judgmental way, non-critical. I want to be able for them to be, to, to have like, for us to have a relationship, a friendship, you know, as a, as opposed to just being like mommy and, and child kind of relationship. And actually I was,
1: I wanted to ask you too, as you, for your workshops, how often do you do them? So I haven't done them since, uh, since Corona. Okay. Um, I haven't, I haven't been doing them. I've been doing all just one-on-one coaching sessions. For me, I found it a lot more efficient to be doing the one-on-ones, especially now, and people, and kind of moms need that space, just an hour to themselves to talk and to really focus on their own issues. And uh, yeah, Uh, so for now that's kind of what the focus is on.
0: I think I would, I wanted to ask you also, do you think that parents in Egypt as well, especially because we're more private about these things, maybe it's easier for them on a one-on-one as opposed to a group, uh, in a group setting? And I wanted to also ask you, do fathers get involved?
1: Okay. So for your first question, yes and no. I mean, I think that when once the parent has decided to show up for a workshop, um, they're pretty open to, to sharing and being vulnerable and open. And it's a really safe space. And we build a really kind of safe little community. And there is kind of an empowerment of having other parents in front of you that are experiencing the same things, that are being vulnerable, that are sharing their challenges. Um, so parents are actually very quick to open up and to share. And uh, once they're there in the session, they they are more very willing to share. Um, I think definitely they're, you know, in terms of signing up for it, people are probably more comfortable with the one-on-one coaching. Um, I also think that now in Egypt, people are a lot more aware of positive discipline um, is kind of everywhere right now and people are more aware of it and leaning more towards it and it's, uh, are a lot more open to it in that sense. In terms of the fathers, um, quite often in coaching sessions, I get both mother and father. Um, so sometimes the mom starts and then the father joins. Um, but uh, so I, I do find that a lot. I haven't had any men yet in my workshops. Uh, actually, no, there was one. There was one. Um, but so there it hasn't been as as many men that come to the workshops themselves but in the one-on-one coaching I do tend to get uh, husband and wife and it's amazing when they do because then they're on the same page and they're getting the same information Um, and a lot of times like the first session starts with just the mom and then slowly the father starts showing up which is amazing oh well that's good too
0: because I would think people here like the men here are done generally take a back seat to this whole parenting thing a bit
1: no it, it, it just depends there are absolutely and there's Uh, Like you were saying, there's, you know, one of the biggest challenges is when, you know, the the mother comes in and she has a certain, she's very open to the positive discipline and then the father isn't. Um, But a lot of times it's just if you can get them to sit through that first session and understand what positive discipline is, because there's so many misconceptions. You know, there's a conception that it means never saying no, which is the opposite of what it is. You know, that it's permissive. It's absolutely not permissive. In fact, most of the times I'm, you know, pushing my parents to putting rules and putting boundaries. It's just that you're doing it in a way that's respectful and you're losing a language and you're connecting with the child and not breaking them down when they've done something wrong. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it's just changing the nature of how we see discipline. And, uh, you know, discipline is teaching. It's not punishing it's uh, it's it's building, it's not breaking. and a lot of times what we do now is breaking, unfortunately. Well the, it's I'm
0: so happy to have you on because it, it really you opened my eyes to a lot of things actually. and it's simple, but I think it requires like discipline from our end to be able to you know enforce these things. So I'm really happy you decided to come on and I want to share all of your information about your workshops about how people can can get in touch with you because I think this is something that we all these like you said. All of us mothers go through it and we all need it desperately.
1: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
0: Thank you for joining me again on Mommy's Happy Hour. I've also added the links to the books that Maddie recommends. You'll find those in the show notes. You can find out more at mommyshappyhour.com and I'll see you again in two weeks.